Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 332 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials, looking at Doctrine and Covenants, Section 135 to 136, uh, in the week of November the 22nd to November the 28th. And today we're going to conclude our study of Section 135. We have spent quite a long time on this section. Um, I mean, it is only seven verses long. Having said that, those verses are pretty long verses. Um, you could easily split the majority of these verses into, you know, three or so other verses. So, you know, it, it, it's quite lengthy when you actually sit and think about it, not so much how many verse numbers there are. But yesterday, uh, we got to the point where it was going to refer to Hiram and how on the morning of the martyrdom he had read the close of the 12th chapter of Ether in the Book of Mormon. I'm going to read the verse that uh, Ether, uh, that Ether, that um, was read by Hiram. And just see what you think about this. It says, And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord that he would give unto the Gentiles grace, that they might have charity. And it came to pass the Lord said unto me, If they have not charity, it mattereth not unto thee. Thou hast been faithful, wherefore thy garments shall be made clean. And because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou shalt be made strong, even unto the sitting down in the place which I prepared in the mansions of my father. And now I bid farewell unto the Gentiles, yea, and also unto my brethren, who I love, until we meet, shall meet before the judgment seats of Christ, where all men shall know that my garments are not spotted with your blood. Um, I suppose, well, I've always, oh, I say I've always, for a long time I've known that, the, that Hiram was reading in the book of Ether, on the morning of the martyrdom. But I don't think I'd properly looked at the verse that he had actually read, or the verses that he had read that morning. But it's interesting just how applicable those words are, that the Lord will have recognised the sacrifices that Joseph and Hiram had made, and they'll be blessed for that, no matter what their enemies or Gentiles, as it is called in the Book of Mormon, uh, the people that are separate from the covenant people of the Lord, not so much enemies, but just ones that have not instanced that covenant with the Lord, which these brethren have. Um, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, the Lord has seen um, their efforts, their desires, their, and his grace is sufficient for them. Uh, and I think that it's a wonderful couple of verses for what obviously was about to come as well. Um, so... In verse 6, it says, Hiram Smith was 44 years old in February 1844, and Joseph Smith was 38 in December 1843. And henceforward their names shall be classed among the martyrs of religion, and the reader in every nation will be reminded that the Book of Mormon and this book of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church cost the best blood of the 19th century to bring them forth for the salvation of a ruined world. And that if the fire can scave a green tree for the glory of God, how easily it will burn up the dry trees to purify the vineyard of corruption. There's a couple of things here that I want to point out. First of all, the fact that it refers to the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants. I mean, that is a significant amount of scripture, particularly in our standard works. But that's a significant amount of scripture to just come forward in the space of, of, a, couple, of a decade or two. Um, and again, it just indicates just how inspired the prophet Joseph must have been. You know, we have the Bible, which is the result of millennia of the best 
minds and spiritual connections to the Lord uh, from mankind. Um, and that is obviously a very lengthy book, but we are talking about, you know, not just 2,000 years for, from around the time when Christ was around, but thousands of years before that. We have a very significant time period for that Bible to be put together. And if you put the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants, and of course the Pearl of Great Price, uh, which at this stage wasn't, wasn't canonized yet, uh, together, obviously it's not the same size as the Bible, but it's a significant chunk of it. And yet this was performed, it was done in you know about 15 years or so. Um, and President Ezra Taft Benson says this, quote, Today we have three new books of scripture, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. I love all of these sacred volumes. This afternoon I would like to speak particularly about the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants. These two great books of Latter-day Scripture are bound together as revelations from Israel's God for the purpose of gathering and preparing his people for the second coming of the Lord. As President John Taylor wrote, the bringing forth of these two sacred volumes cost the best blood of the 19th century namely the names of the prophet Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram, close quote. We have been given a great blessing as Latter-day Saints to have this, these scriptures. And so we need to use them. That does not mean that we don't use the Bible and we shouldn't use the Bible. Of course we should. Uh, there are great teachings and principles in that sacred book of scripture. Um, but the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants are further um, evidences, witnesses of Christ and the work that he does among his people. And as such, we need to use them fully and deeply as well. And as we do that, then we feel of that spirit emanating forth out of those pages. And it can change lives. It really can. Um, in verse 7, uh, he talks about how they were innocent of any crime. It says, they were innocent of any crime as they often had, proved, had been proved before and were only confirmed in jail confined in jail by the conspiracy of traitors and wicked men, and their innocent blood on the floor of Carthage jail is a broad seal affixed to Mormonism that cannot be rejected by any court on earth. So the fact that they gave their testimony, or they gave their life in, in support of their testimony, uh, is an important thing. And actually, just to go back to the end bit of verse 6 as well, talking about this green tree idea, I like this um, this phrase that the they were green trees, trees that gave life in the forest. Um, and there's been many green trees in the history of mankind, not just referring to significant individuals in the church, but, you know, the the, the, ref, the reformers, um, went, which brought the Bible to the masses, uh, would be green, would be considered green trees. And many other individuals like that. Um, Joseph and Hiram were considered as these green trees because they brought so much um, to, to mankind, as has been spoken about earlier. And actually, uh, there has been a comment on Facebook, and I'm really grateful for it, um, about just how the list in this section doesn't cover everything. In verse 3, we talked about the list of things that the Prophet Joseph had done for mankind and brought to mankind. And they were quite right in saying that, and I'll share this in more detail on, mon on Monday's episode in our listener comment section. But of course... Um, we don't have everything on that list. It's just um, a simple thing. And I'd be interested to hear on Facebook what, what you are grateful for that the Prophet Joseph has brought to you. It can be something from the list that's given in verse 3 in section 135, 
or it could be something else like on Facebook we have someone share theirs um, it may even be something that is not very obvious at first um, so yeah it'd be great to hear what your thoughts are on that anyway uh, that really brings us <coughs> to the end of section 135 but I just felt it was really important that we deeply study and we we draw upon most if not all of that section because it's a really significant moment in the history of the church. Uh, and tomorrow we will move on uh, and we'll look at section 136, which of course is the first canonized um, revelation we have given by the person who was was next as the leader of the church. Uh, obviously at this stage, um, although I need to check the date on that because it doesn't seem to say the date at the top of the section heading. So when I do my in more in-depth study on the context, I'll be able to confirm this. But I don't believe that Brigham Young was called as president of the church at this stage, um, but he was president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and as such, uh, was acting as leader of the church, uh, but wasn't yet ordained as or sustained as the um, president of the First Presidency. Um, but we will move on to a new era in church history, and talk about what the Lord does to help support and direct the saints at this stage in once again what has become a very difficult time for them uh, as they move forward. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast on Facebook, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can email lesstudysession at gmail.com to share your thoughts and your study. Thank you very much for your time. And until we meet again 